name this movie. Like name it, you just told me. <laughs> name this movie. Fantasy Premier Leaguers. Oh, we'll, we'll give you a clue. To go along with that theme of 80s power ballads, this is an 80s throwback movie Daddy, for you. you go Jay, is this the song in the beginning when they're all convening at uh, Mikey's house? Yeah, it's when they all like leave their houses to go like... Yeah, to go on the adventure. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like that's, that's where we're at right now. Yeah. And, I, and I'm asking myself, who's good enough? Who's good enough to make the, the FPL playoffs right who, now? Who is good enough? We, we got a bunch of candidates that think they're good enough. Oh, man. It's crazy right now. Like we were just talking about, it's just crazy what's going on in the league right now. I give all the credit in the world to everybody who's just stayed in this hunt. Pale skins. All the credit in the world for staying in this playoff hunt. And, uh... Punked up. Next year, next year, I'm going to be country. looking up at George. It's going to be the tables are going to be turned, you know. And I'm gonna be in twelfth place, <laughs> looking up at everybody else. So. You know, I'd say he's handled twelfth place pretty well this year because oh, he's still in it. Yeah, yeah, no, he's done great. We've talked on air about him being a seller multiple times, and you said it in the last podcast. He's a proud owner of Mookie Betts and Aaron Judge. That's right. He didn't give up on his roster. Yeah, I love it, man. He's got a chance to get that eight seed. Him and well. Somebody I dissed on there a couple of times, too. Uh, funked up, seems to have the strategy. We're, we're going to get into this later. There's a couple people in our league that are leaning more heavily than ever before on just streaming pitchers every single day, whether it be to just out-volume your opponent or to get a leg up in the side pot. But, you know, there's some interesting rules that you could put in place to take care of this. I'm just curious to see if the Funkhousers are going to review this in the offseason. Well, we have been through some of these talks in our league. This isn't new. Um, We've talked about this. And there's been people that, you know, uh, to to bring up the... uh, Legend of Darth Hader again. I think you know when that during that time. I think that I don't think Darth Hader liked the streaming pitching either. And uh, you know, in 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 this other league, which we won't mention, they have transaction limits. Um, they have an ads limit of uh, seven ads per week. And I think there was. Oh, so certain, Jeff's just not stitching like crazy in that league. He's he's I, he's stitching, I, I but stitching. not. Not as not like crazy, but we we've been through this before, and there's been di- there's di- probably differing opinions um, about it, and I, I've just been full circle with the whole thing, and I, I you know try to um, see both sides of a argument like that, and I I, I don't know I I've always thought you know you get what you. Uh, deserve when you when you choose to do that you take a risk and you get it's risk reward in my mind and i don't really (laughs) i don't see a definite need for a a limit um and i think that if you look at 
generally, if you look at who throws 90 innings in a week, it's it's usually the teams that have already made room for these guys on their roster. It's yeah. typically somebody who already has eight or nine starting pitchers. So it's not always the guy who adds. Many times you're adding and you're not, or you're streaming and you're not getting results. So. I kind of, so I kind of opened up Pandora's box here, talking about a review in the off season. But there's something else you're not talking about here. Um, another way to take care of insurmountable streaming is to just place everybody on waivers every single day. So that way, then you don't limit necessarily so many transactions per week per se, but everybody every day is on waivers. You just have a constantly and you just have a constantly changing waiver, and so basically, when you look at probable pitcher for the next day, you can put in bids on them. But if other people put on bids on them, they're gonna have a chance throughout the day. And it's not an immediate ad. You have to wait till the day resets the next day, and then. And then, depending on where you're at the priority list, I mean, you're not going to get four to five guys in a day because the other people put claims on them, and you'll get maybe one or two of those guys a day, and then you're going to get booted back down the end of the waiver priority. And at the same time, I've seen this. This is the way Yahoo's functioning in their public league setting. Um, and when you get the ads, so let's say it's a Wednesday and you're looking for a Thursday probable pitcher, and you're looking Wednesday, anytime Wednesday, and you put in your bid, when waivers run Thursday morning, if you get it, you get that player for Thursday. It's not for Friday. So it's an instant. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not advocating for this. I'm advocating for animosity. I'm advocating to, to ruffle the feathers here. I, I, I'm throwing more strategic uh, balance into the thought processes of uh, the powers that that be. Well, I think that it seems that Luke and Jake ended on just like freedom and autonomy, autonomy for the managers in this league. I don't know. I mean, it was discussed. It Look, was discussed at length a couple few years ago, if I remember right. Like, because there were people that had a pretty strong opinion about it that they really did not like it. It, it really rub them the wrong way when people are, you know, doing all this um, streaming of pitching. I don't know. I've, I think I've always felt like, like I say, you you reap what you sow. You 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 take that risk and yeah, it doesn't, it, more times than not, it doesn't turn out very well. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be Mr. Obvious here. Let's identify there's two teams that I feel like are benefiting big time from and we'll, we'll call insurmountable streaming. And I'm going to go on record. I'm not necessarily against this at all. I've used this process many times in the past before. It just dawned on me that there's there's options out there. And I'm wondering, you know, for those that are paying attention, I believe in early everybody's paying attention. Funked up may very well win the eight seed and if, or the seventh seed for that matter. Bird Law keeps slipping, and if if he does, you're gonna have to look back on what he's done with his pitching the last two months. He's literally picked up probable pitchers every single day. He has like four four or five pitchers that he's 
he, it was worse. Now he's since post deadline, he acquired a couple other pitchers, but um, he's got like four or five pitchers that he throws up there every week. But then he's got like two or three spots that he plays with every single day. It just seems to add pitching. And hey man, it's today. been smart. Hats off to him. He's offsetting what was a roster weakness and pitching and turned it into yeah. a strength. Absolutely. And his, and his offense Kudos is, is really carrying his team. So, But then also with Stitches, Stitches has methodically been able to stream pitcher. Now, he's historically done this. Period. We all know. We all know you're guilty of this, Jeff. I've done this. We've all done this. It gets the sign of yeah. an active, overactive, yeah. you yeah. know, manager sometimes. Yeah. Even. yeah. Um, I'm not it. saying he's overactive. You know what I'm saying? No. You, you and I are always paying attention to this stuff. No, it's not like we're talking about overactive bladder or anything. No, no, it's not an. It's not an overactive bladder. You don't need any uh, oxybutynine or whatever. Yeah. Sorry, we're trying, we're trying to incorporate nerf jokes in the show. It's not going well. It's too early in the morning. I, I've had to cut stuff out before that, yeah. that I've said that I sounded like an idiot, so I didn't want to cause any medical health care controversy on our show no, yet. But we eventually, not. I'm sure we will. Yeah. But, but hey, 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 hats off to, right now, props to Funked Up and Stitches for... For using this strategy. Now, there's some other strategies coming into play. Or... Up for having the stones to start Chris Flexen against the Orioles today. We'll and Jordan Lyles against the Mariners. Oh, my God. You know? And, I mean, I was looking at Flexen a week or two ago. You know, I'm you know, he's one that is – he's on the radar. He has been many times. And he's one of those guys that goes between the rotation and the bullpen. And uh, he's had two – uh, six inning starts. You know his last two starts, he's gone six innings. He's done great. So I don't blame him for doing it. But man, the Orioles right now a little scary. But uh, how about the Orioles this year? Isn't it a breath of fresh air in the American League East? It is. I mean, you remember? Did you hear the story about their uh, broadcaster that got in trouble for pointing out on air like their local? Broadcaster, he got some flack from the Orioles management for pointing out on the air that they won more games this year than they had in the last two years combined. He shouldn't get slack for that, but I'm no, sure he, did. he did. No, I, didn't I think hear from like that. the ownership, they were like, "We're gonna get you fired <laughs> for yeah. talking about our uh, club this way." But but anyways, yeah, it it has been, and uh, you you like to see. Um, and you know, they're one of those stories where you're talking about young guys being brought up and this kind of service time stories. You got these young guys that are contributing. And so you just got me thinking about this. Uh, it looks like a scene from one of those nineties baseball movies where the team sucks. The (laughs) announcers are up at the booth. They're just saying whatever the fuck they want. And they got like. Uh, they got like a little mixed drink with yeah, some Jim Beam in it yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. They're looking at each other. And it's like one of those mic cover up moments. Like, hey, we won more games than we won <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong. I th- everybody knew it was, it was a, a real possibility. I mean, everybody knew they'd been building up to this. Um, but yes, I, I'm, it's been really cool to see it materialize, you know, and the AL East, I mean, it's just been, 
years of I mean, Yankees the, and Red Sox. Red Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays usually always have a high powered offense. Well, and the Rays the, have always been able the to Rays, keep themselves yeah, in the it last with five great years. management and and great uh, transactions, you know. And but here we are, and you got all these teams. Yeah, it's exciting. Gosh, oh man, and the Blue day. Jays. I mean, you know, here's you got oh. the Blue Jays. It's kind of like, is it? I don't want to say do or die, but it's like. Jay, let's talk about those Blue Jays. I posted a Jim a picture of myself with my brother uh, with the Reds Blue Jays game last Sunday. Now, I'm 40 years old, so I'm trying not to like get enamored like a little kid. But I was five rows back on the third base dugout, and I could see like Brandon Belt's face, you know, Bo Bichette, Whit Merrifield, George Springer. Vlad Guerrero Jr. That guy's massive. Uh-huh. Oh, man. And, you know, just you see him all up close. You're like right there. And you're like, wow, this is really cool. Absolutely. You know, I was with the shouted distance to me. And I was like, hey, Wick, come on. I need a double. You know? <laughs> but yeah. Obviously, I'm not going to do that. But it, it was it was really cool. It's awesome. Um, so just the, the little fan Fans and all of us as we play this game all summer. Well, let's 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 talk about the little chinks in their chain this year. Okay, they've got nothing from Alejandro Kirk this year. He's still a. They they just haven't gotten any contributions. I think they. I feel like they still could. I don't really know why he's not hitting well this year. Okay, to be so honest with you, question for you is he an interesting streamer at catcher right now? Absolutely, half absolutely. The teams catchers are droppable. Is he one of the biggest busts in twenty twenty three fantasy drafts and everywhere? Um, yeah, um, but yeah, he's still an interesting. Uh, Streamer candidate for catcher, absolutely. For those looking to maybe roster a second one um, and have options, I've tried to keep two most of the time. I could have Jansen in. I happen to have Cal Raleigh, who's doing really well the last month or two, but um, yeah. which I, you know, um, I patiently waited for him to contribute to my team, and he has. Amen. Hey, good man. Uh, yes. They're talking about the Mariners talking about locking him up long term as they should. He's DH. He yeah. has played. He the last month or two he has played almost every single day. If he's not catching, he's DHing and he's done well. Um, and I watched him a couple games the last few weeks, and man, that's he, a, when that's... he makes contact on those home runs, he he is golfing those things out of the park. It's. It's fun to watch. Yes. It's so, very fun to watch. So, I think he's like a humble guy, too. He's like, I feel like he's going to keep this up for a while. So they should think about locking him up. I think the Mariners are going are gonna to overtake the Astros and the Rangers in the American League West. Long term? Oh, no. Or this you, year. This year? This year. I mean, they got um, time to do it. They're all neck and neck. I mean, you can't argue with results, you know. Two eight-game winning streaks, I mean, in the last month or whatever. I mean, you just you can't argue with that. That's what it's all about. Here's my 10 cents. If, Are they going to tire out of all of this? Well, I mean, this is... But they've got more ammunition. A frenetic if, kind of pace this is, that they're Some people right would now. roll their eyes at this, but he started the year hot. If Kelnick comes back and is 10 cents on the dollar... 
That's they what you something. need day in and day out. Yeah, you need you need the. I mean, seriously, plug ten those holes cents on and, his and, dollar because it's like yeah, yeah. Because because Oscar the last month is hitting better. You got Julio Rodriguez, uh, Josh Rojas, who they got to trade in the Diamondbacks, is putting a big Starting number from the bottom up. of their order. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, They've got the pitching. That the pitchers part. If you look at the American League West, um, depending on the way their schedule shakes out, whoever gets to play at Oakland the most has an advantage. But also, gosh, hurts me to say, whoever plays the Angels the most may have a big advantage too. Yeah. Let's talk about Shohei Otani because you and I both have a lot to be kind of worried about here. Do you, do you want to? For those of you who don't know, and I'm sure you all know, but just to keep you guys in check here, uh, Jay, Jay traded a second rounder for Shohei Otani, the pitcher at the deadline. <sighs> Unkeepable Shohei Otani, the pitcher at the deadline, who now was done pitching for the year. And I drafted Shohei Otani, the batter, who's had a phenomenal year. And he's at risk for being shut down due to his upcoming free agency and whether or not he decides to have surgery to repair this partially torn UCL or whatever. Is it partially torn? That's I just the thing. Torn. I, there's different reports. There's nothing concrete. Some people are saying it's partially torn. Some people are saying it's torn. But, I mean... He's done this before. 2018. Yeah. He found out that he had a tear that required Tommy John in late August or, or around Labor Day. And he – so he stopped pitching, but he he kept – he put the surgery out till October and he hit the rest of the – Yes. He hit all of September that year and he hit seven home runs and stole four bases and had over an 1,100 OPS. So I'm like praying – that whatever he decides to do, he just keeps hitting. But talking about it from a level-headed perspective here, this guy was set to break the bank, and he's losing money. But it depends on he, if he takes a riskier contract with opt-out. He's still going to have an opportunity, I think, to approach $500 million. So this is what I'm going to turn it over to you. You've got to be really bummed with that shot that you took turning it into a big zero. I mean, I knew I was taking a big risk. This is why it's like I probably would have never drafted the guy to begin with just because of all of these kind of, let's call them injury concerns. Like, you know, we don't don't necessarily think of him. It's just a durability issue, right? He's not injury prone per se. Um Besides the fact that he's just working himself to the absolute probably limits of what an athlete can do, I feel like. But, yeah, I just – I don't know. I just wanted to take a big risk, and I took too too big of a risk. I should have known that he had already pitched too many innings. But, you know, what was I looking for? I was just looking for four or five quality starts. That's all I was hoping to get when it counted. That's That's all, you know. So – I've just thought of I've just tried to think of it that way that it's like what was I looking for? I was looking for 
you know, four or five or six, you know, starts over a six week period. So, you know, I've just tried to think of it as like, really, I wasn't necessarily asking for that much, but I knew I was taking a big risk. Um, and do I regret it right now? Yeah. <laughs> Wish I had that second round pick. Um, I have a fourth round pick, uh, in, uh, next year's draft and then I start picking up and I am going to own round 8 through you know 12 of next oh, year's no, draft Jay, you got some look out guys me. <laughs> so I, I mean but like broad, broad like baseball wise yeah like you said he's missing out on a lot of money potentially this um, could be good this could be good for our off season shows I have my first round pick I was able to get that back. But aside from that, I don't pick till round 11. So you and I are going to do some deep dives on some post, oh, like, yeah. 350, well, post always. 400 I mean, players. Always and forever. I mean, we're going to do some serious deep, deep dives. Deep dives. A little preview. Not Stay tuned in November and December, folks. Oh, this I mean, is going to be fun. Yes, I've already. I, I just definitely channeling Jason, channeling, you know, like, just like, man, I'm just going to. I'm just gonna do so well in that in that second half of the draft, like, and I, and I I'm sure I will. I'm sure I'll, there'll be some good uh, hits out of all of that. But uh, you know, and then in our league, the other thing is uh, who could I maybe who 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 might somebody want to keep next next season? That's currently on my roster. Okay, Jay. All right, we beat around the bush and. Uh... Let's talk about these prospective eight seeds. Let's do it, man. Hey, uh, props to Isotopes. He's right there he right now, He's sandwiched there. between Funk Up. Funk, funk Up. I need to finish my coffee. Um, between Funked Up and Pale Skins. Um, now, those two teams are going to pass him up. But where is he at right now? He's in the ninth seed. I'm looking at the no, live I'm... standings right now. And uh, he's in the tenth seed. Well, you're, yeah, right you're now. looking at the matchups. I'm saying right now in the live standings, with the scores as they are right oh. now, he is sitting in the ninth seed. Yeah, don't show me that. I don't want to see that. Man. You don't look at the stat tracker. No, because I'm number one standings? on there, and I do not feel like I'm number one. I'm a team. So don't show me that. Oh my gosh, dude! Jay's I mean, trying this to jinx is it us right here. Air. I mean, I gotta look at Where's this that and show see pale skins when and Derek up starts, starts they kicking in? my ass and going up ten to three. And then bumped you know, up to pale see where he ends up. But God, yeah, this is where this we are is, right now. This is crazy, country bro. right behind him at uh, the eleven seed. But so basically, bumped up pale skins, isotopes, and backcountry. We'll see what Kick and Dirt can do, but it looks like between those four to five teams, there's your prospective eight seed. Now, yeah, sadly, well, you know, so yeah, if shirtless, skins shirtless has Bird five Lock, more losses. Birdlock can drop out though. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so okay, so I'm trying to think who I, I'm trying to think of Birdlock's schedule. I'll give uh, it next week. Right He's either going to be playing uh, Derek or He's playing Isotope. Pale Skins right now. Now, credit to him. That lead was much bigger for oh, Pale Skins I'm a couple sorry. days ago. I was ago. thinking about backcountry. I'm sorry. You're talking about Birdlaw. Yeah, it's okay. 
So, but I, I think that's a division to watch too. You know, um, Birdlaw next week plays his brother. I actually think that's going to work to his advantage. No, no disrespect intended, but I think shirtless Ron Gann is probably the biggest baller of anybody in the last couple last month. The Pokes were making some noise, but you know, obviously it's he was it's so too late now. Out. But you yeah, know, but he was doing but really yeah, well. He is playing well. there. Um, okay, we've talked about funked up. Let's let's talk about let's talk about. Okay, so so next week we're gonna do a playoff preview. So we're not gonna get into like potential matchup. We're too much into the grind to do that right now. But let, let's talk about some of these prospective eight seeds. So, and we're going to make a prediction live on air. Do we feel like they're going to make make the playoffs or not? Um, uh, you got Funked Up, Pale Skins, uh, Backcountry, Ice Tubs. And, you know, we can throw... We can potentially throw kicking dirt and Hitman in there too, but I, I don't think I. I think realistically, like mathematically, percentage wise, I think you're looking at funked up pale skins, isotope the backcountry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you agree? Um, I do. I mean, Derek, you know, uh, and there could be two could if score if, a big if, win against. Yeah. One of those teams next week, so you know I think there's like an outside chance there. But yes, I think you're right. Um, I have to play backcountry one more time and isotopes. So you know, um, hopefully they don't they don't both score a win against me. You know, if you you look at look at isotopes offense, you know, I mean, he's. The last two weeks, he's got Yandy Diaz going good. Uh, Altuve's going good. You know, you've got Yoshida there in left field, which is a nice, you know, solid um, plug he's, gap there. And He's and, been a revelation this year coming over. Yeah, I absolutely. think people look at recent uh, people who come over and they think of, well... I'm not, I don't remember. Did Ha-Chan Kung Kim come from the KBO or did he come from uh, I think Nippon? He's from the KBO. Yeah. I think okay. I well, any, anyway, players who came over from overseas recently, you know, I don't think anybody uh, would have seen Yoshida doing what he's done this year. I mean, I'll be honest, if you look at him now, what is he? he's like 30 years old. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is he's you know, 30 years thinking old. Of, he's I'm a, thinking about Ichiro. Because yeah. this is what he did as a yeah. 31-year-old rookie in well, 2001 for the Mariners. His batting average, you know, Yoshida's batting average is, is one of the, you know, is one of the things that I'm looking at. We're, he's got a two ninety four batting average and an eight oh one OPS right now in the season. That's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. So that's what he's a seasoned guy that you know he's he's been able to do it here in the major leagues. Um, so and uh, Isotopes has got Harper in right field, who's got five home runs in the last two weeks. That's great. But outside of that, there's just a lot of spots that you know, you know, he's got Contreras at catcher. He's got Bohm at third. 
Orlando Arcia currently filling the shortstop position. I mean, Morel in center field. I mean, he's got um, he's got Ahmed Rosario uh, down on the bench right now. Or I mean, I don't know if he set his lineup for today. Maybe that's his um, shortstop instead of Arcia. But I think he's been playing Arcia a lot. But he's Arcia is hitting under a hundred the last two weeks. I just think he's got. It's more of an uphill battle for him. He's he's got a. I don't know if it's you know there's a, a transaction that could occur that he could infuse his offense with some power, some speed, or something that. I mean, he's got some guys that can steal bases, but you know what I'm saying. He might need a a, a little fire lit in order to to be hot enough to to win in the playoffs or even make the playoffs. Um, you doing a little scouting? I see you're playing him next week. Well, I mean, uh, he, you know, Isotopes talked about this at the beginning of the season. To go to the other side of the ball, he's, he always has. Isotopes always has a big stable of pitching and strikeout pitchers. Like, he just always seems to have enough guys to produce enough strikeouts and wins. Um, you know, so I'm... Whenever I'm going to play him, that's one of the first things that I'm going to look at is like, do I even have a chance to throw more strikeouts and wins than him? If I don't, like maybe I should think about going the other way and just having good ratios, maybe having a bullpen working all week long that can keep. So I just showed my hand. Or you're bluffing your hand. Right. For all you fantasy baseball listeners out there. Okay, so that's, I mean, and then, so yeah, so let's look at the pitching. I mean, Martin Perez. Jake Martin Perez. As a matter of fact, so I I saw. He's he's in the bullpen now? Well, yeah, yeah, so here's the thing. opening or long relief. It's whatever. It's whatever. Whatever. Because I was watching a little bit of uh, the Twins Rangers last night because I unfortunately am Dade Dunning, who did not do well, gave up a four spot in the first inning. But to his credit, six strikeouts and a double play ball later, he was able to make it through four without giving up another run. And. The Rangers trotted out Martin Perez in the fifth inning, so of a, a game where they're down three. So I, I, he's one of those just use whatever, but not. Yeah. He's not and getting. He he's two, not starting three, four innings. At yeah, that he's point. not starting. He's not getting high leverage stuff. Yeah. So yeah. he's almost. You know, it's like, a hang with him. Hang with him. Um, he's got Yuri Perez right now. He's got a good bullpen with. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos, Carlos Estevez, Class A, and Andres Munoz. He's got Strider. Strider. So you know, Strider's the base in the hole. He's got Kimbrel down there. So he he's got he's got like I do. He's got even an extra bullpen piece or two that he can always have a a function uh, a bullpen who is you know guys who are available out of the bullpen. So I mean, it's gonna I'm not it's gonna be a tough matchup. I mean. You know, I, I never. I mean, that's that's rivalry week right there. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. Um, last time I played Chad, I think we like tied seven to seven or eight to eight or something. So, but anyways, I think, I think looking at this, I think 
Chad's going to have a tough time with the schedule. Yeah. With what's left yeah. in front of him this week. And you are a formidable playoff team who underachieved, no disrespect, for a lot of the season. But you're starting to hit your stride. And it hit. doesn't matter who your matchups are going to be. I don't want to play you. I know there's a lot of people that don't want to play you. So I think with him having to play you next week is not going to bode well for him. I'm looking at the schedule for some of these other teams. I, I got to say, I think Funked Up's going to make it. Because he's, he's beating the crap out of Imperial. He has been all week. He, he played, I don't know... Looking back the last week, he's done playing Eagle Ridge. Yeah, with so it being Saturday, he's it's, playing uh, Hitman next week, and I think he's if he keeps doing what he's been doing. I think he's gonna have his way in that matchup, and I think he's gonna get in. You know, um, at this point, you got to look at he's he's been able to throw sixty one and two thirds innings already. And it's Saturday. That's what I'm saying. That's that's that's, that's, that's why it was so hard for me with backcountry to keep up with. He's he, he threw so many innings that it's like you I, I couldn't keep up with it. So, so that the other team I think has a chance to make it as the eight C is backcountry. If Funked Up doesn't keep the train going the way it's been going, like if this offense sputters a little bit, I think Chuck's right there. <laughs> Uh, for the eighth seed, and you know he's kind of hung there all year. The, hey, let's not forget this is the guy that's defending his title. He's he's the defending champ. You know he's not out of it. Currently losing to Isotopes. Uh, it, it's it's uh, it's close. It's not that close on offense right now. Chad's kind of Chad's out in front on, on offense. Um, Somewhat convincingly, he's got twelve more hits. His average is he he backcountry's <clears> out <throat> of it with batting average and OPS right now. Chad's Chad's out hitting him. Um, you know, six home runs is what it takes right now in that matchup to have you know to have the upper hand. So, but it's close between those two right now. Um, And then George is currently beating Birdlaw ten to six right now going into Saturday. Um, I don't know. Let's look. I mean, I don't know how much this is going to change. George is if George, George has got opens, six wins and four quality starts, and he's if outpitched Hailskin can open up a bigger lead and yeah. win more convincingly, say like twelve to four or something like yeah. that, then he's got a real shot at the eight seed. It's um, it's possible he could take over whip. Uh if he could steal some bases, he might want to think about trying to steal some bases because hits and doubles looks like it's not competitive anymore. Um maybe batting average if he could just hit really, really well, and, and Birdlaw have a bad day at the plate. Oh gosh, this is gonna be—it's crazy. It's so nerve-wracking. You want—it's like you want to look. I want to look past this week into next week's matchups, but no, we can't. now I'm looking no, at we right cannot. now. 
What is going on right Two now? days Going left. into and the weekend. These matchups yeah. right now are so important. Yeah, like, it's, it's literally everything. This right has now. to be music to the Funkhauser's ears, but literally everybody in this league, except Molina, and to an extent, Molina has something has something to play for. Yeah, you've got Shirtless and Pokes battling it out right now. Yeah. And uh, Shirtless is, is completely on top and hitting. Pokes is completely on top with pitching. So that's – I don't think that's going to widen either way. That's going to be a close score. Nobody's going to get a big win right there probably. Jack in for a draft position. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like the only match. Good thing I'm not worried about draft position next no, year, huh? Yeah, we... Someone else might benefit from <sighs> from that, but – Well – Alright, so we're we're ready. We're ready to turn the, the page to the playoff, but we're not physically ready because we're all still going through the grind right now. You know, we get the weekend left in our matchups this week and then we got all of next week for well what they call rivalry week and I was thinking about this and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, Jay, but I think maybe uh we could think of. We don't have to go on these matchups because I think there's some other matchups that I would consider rivals that aren't labeled in rivalry week. I'd like you to think for a second. Let's maybe talk about maybe some some matchups that you've seen, some history, or that you'd like to see, and that you're like, oh, that that's a rivalry. You know, anything jump out at you? Well, I mean, I think that, I think that Birdlaw has, you know, uh, I think that Birdlaw has uh, made the announcement that he's out for, you know, he's out for Luke's head. I think you've done the same thing. I think you both want so badly to to beat him in a matchup that you know, I mean, those those things come to mind. Um, I don't know what is it about. What is it about Luke that makes, you know, that just, you know, everybody wants to beat him? I mean, I feel like it's it's kind of the same thing with Jake, but I don't think that, I, I, I mean, and it's like, you know, it's like whenever I play Jake, it's like I just expect um, I, I, to get beat. I, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I feel like more people should be that way with with kicking dirt. I mean, Jesus, I know I talk about him every on every single podcast, but it's like it's right. I could so never, I could never beat that guy in the regular season. I beat him in the playoffs a couple years ago, and that was a that was a big win for me. I mean, that meant something to me that that's who I played. Um, because I I felt like I could never beat him in the regular season. Yeah, that was. And so, but for me, it was it became the one, not the only one. You know, Jake is one of those that I'm always like I kind of expect to get beat, and so I'm I'm up against it right away. I feel like I've got to try to beat this person because I just feel like I can't. Almost, I need to, I need to prove to myself that I can. So, I don't know. Those that's what comes to mind for me. I'm glad you brought some of those up because you're right. Myself included, and Birdlaw have on numerous occasions called <laughs> yes. called Eagle Ridge yes, out. Yes, um, and I, you know, I don't. I think that Luke is. 
He's he's competitive. He's proud owner. He's all of these things. I don't think that he's he's not a trash talker. I mean, by any stretch, I don't hear him. You know, but it's just it's just the way that he. It's just the the high level. Well, um, at what which makes, he let's talk about his what, roster at any given time. But let's talk about what makes a rivalry great, right? First of all, you have to have two teams that are consistent, you know, to some extent, consistently good. Yeah. So, but the other both thing having something to, is, to play for. I, if you look back to the, the the best rivalries in all of history. The best rivalries aren't the ones where both teams are trash talkers. Usually you got one team doing the talk and the other team that's not. And they both like kind of trade blows. You know, so I don't know necessarily that some that Luke would have to be a trash talker to to partake in a rivalry when I'm that's saying true. I, that's true. I think I think a lot of people are calling for him because if you look, it's been set on air. This league's been going on for 20-plus years. His lowest finish, I asked him a couple of years ago, I think his lowest finish ever was sixth place. That is freaking incredible. Ever. Ever. And that was one time. That is freaking so incredible. So he's basically finished in the top five every year of the 20-plus years of existence except maybe one. That's insane. So you know yeah, how hard I've you, had to you, work to get cannot, to sixth, eighth, then finally a top four finish, and then finally a top two finish. Exactly. It, I mean, and you know the old adage applies: if you want to get to the top of the mountain, you got to go through the cream of the crop. So to be the best, you've got to beat the best. Luke's always there. And so, is yeah. that a rivalry? You know, like no, I that's I don't, just him being at the top. Perennial. Yeah, there's so so. I would say like this. I, I'll be honest on air. I would love for everybody in the league to look at my matchup with Luke and say, "Ooh, that's a rivalry." But you know what? I've got work left to do. Um, I well, do you so, remember the Pacers Heat matchups of the early like mid two thousand when the Pacers had Paul George and the you know the Heat had LeBron. They met a couple of years at the Eastern Conference Final. Like right now, I consider it maybe on that level. You know what I mean? Yeah, but we're I know not. What you mean. But I'm not. You know, I'm not the team with LeBron. I'm not the team that's there every year. You know that yeah. team. That team after a couple of years well, went their and, separate ways, and LeBron kept doing his thing. Yeah. So that's what Luke is like. He's like the LeBron of our fantasy well, baseball. And it's league. it's parody versus there's. Has there been, I think at the beginning of the season in this league, sometimes you can look at a team and be like, this team looks dominant. Like they would just, how could you possibly compete with this team's offense? I think there's times that you can look at somebody and you you feel that way. You're like, this is, this is so scary. You know, I, and like... Uh, some of uh, Imperial's hitting rosters that he's oh put together so, over the last few years. Like, there's been times where you're just like, dude, this is just outright scary. I there's hate no, how do you compete with this? This is why. But is anybody ever truly dominant? But it, it's but, but there have been people that have just complete regular season champion, completely walked away from everyone else. But do we ever say that they're totally dominant? They're just, you know... 
that's hard. That's like hard. near impossible in the, in a league like this. It is, but from start to finish to to you know. So this is kind of a different subject, but no, it's all right. We're kind of going of we're going down a hole here. Yeah, when I think so, of rivalries too. I think, I think of like what isn't a rivalry. Like the first thing that comes to my mind being here in the Midwest is like the Cubs and the Reds. They're in the same division. You would think there'd be something, but that there's no like rivalry there. I almost I like both teams, and I kind of like that's the it's thing. Easy to that's, do. It's easy yeah. to do. The Cardinals, obviously, that's not easy to do. You can't. When I when I hear the word rivalry, I want substance behind it. There yeah, needs yeah. to be tempers flared. Some... There needs to be a hurt feeling. There needs to be like some. Some, you know, some underlying stuff going on beneath the surface. Like, you can have two good teams play each other and it not be a rivalry. That happens a lot. I would consider backcountry against Bird Law like that. You know what I mean? That could potentially be labeled a rivalry. Those are both teams that have had a lot of success in the last three years. But I wouldn't say that they're under each other's skin. By no means are they. They're both two very successful owners for the last three to four years, and they've had some matchups. I believe they had a pretty epic finals matchup last year. Who's added more excitement to the league than those two teams over the last few those, years? I mean, those two teams have done... I got to give props to both of those teams yeah. for just all the all the excitement and all the activity that they've Absolutely. nurtured in the in the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been really fun. It has. And you know We got to get uh backcountry on the on the next podcast. I think we need to get them both. I don't know if it's going to well, be the next one cuz we're going to be up early yeah. on Labor Day yeah. talking about the playoffs probably. I I told him the other day that we I'm like we usually get up at 6 a.m. on Saturday to do this and he was like, "Oh my god." So <laughs> we should call him right get... now. Oh man. We should call yeah, him a little live on air. You want to try it? I don't have it's his after phone seven. Number. Oh yeah, I do. What am I talking about? I don't have his phone number. Of course, I have his freaking phone number. We, we, we text all the time. Let's what am it. I talking about? I just never called him. Text him a million times. Give him a call. Oh my gosh, answers. are you serious, dude? You sound like a, wake him up. You on sound Saturday like morning. a teenage girl that's afraid to approach this crush. <laughs> She's like, "What? What am I going to do? <laughs> but I can say hello. But what do I say if they what pick up the phone? Oh, Good okay. morning. Let's practice." Good morning, Charles. Chuck? What do I call him? What the fuck do you want at 7 o'clock in the morning? I should call him <laughs> Chuck and just be familiar. Why hey, don't you say, Chuck, what the... F- why don't you start off by saying, hey, backcountry, you're on the air. Oh my gosh, you're right. That's what I should say. We should. We're, this is so funny that we're talking about this live because this may not materialize in my... I'm scared. You call him. I can't oh, record the show on my phone. Record the show. Otherwise, I would do it. <sighs> you know, we can go another okay, way with right, this okay, too. All right, let's just look, we'll, I'll let that marinate for a minute. While we let that marinate, you know, back back to our twenty one year old self. I think he wants to be prepared. I think he has a spot for us. I think okay. He out of we're going to visit backcountry one day. Okay, okay. So out of respect, all the right. backcountry. Yes. Circadian rhythm right now. <laughs> we will uh, refrain okay. from calling. Okay, who have we not talked about in detail? 
of okay. those teams. For the, for right? the perspective, it's it. Pale skins. We, well, we, we have, have talked on previous a little podcasts. bit about him. Yeah, we have. We've touched on him a lot in the previous podcast, too. Um, it's his offense. His offense has just been on a tear, and he didn't sell. Like, he could have been a prime seller, and he called, held on to his pieces, and he's got he's made adequate timely. pitching. Yes. It's just... It's all come together at the perfect time. Now, he's going to have to finish this week up and next week up very strong to have a chance. And But he's got some decent depth. He does. Now, he's added. He does. Um, I mean, he's got De La Cruz that can fill in in the outfield. I, you know, I mean, it's not like earth-shattering, but Marsh, you know, these are names that. Well, Brandon, last time I said Brandon Drury was hitting pretty well for him too yeah he's healthy now and he sadly is doing well. brandon durage probably the second best hitter in the angels right now oh, oh my man. god god okay I okay I, I got a break so when we did prospective first round picks on our very first podcast and we talked about that mock draft and i did what i said i drafted Shohei otani the batter what I said I wanted. Now, I projected him to go to you, but that was the pick prior to me, and you didn't take him. And I told you this. I, I, I know I told you this. I mean, I said it on, your, on air, but I said, I know this is like a 99 person to all come, but who is the one hitter in this league besides Acuna who has the ability to go 50-20? And I didn't think Acuna could hit 50 bomb, and he still might not be able to. It's Shohei Ohtani. If he keeps hitting... He's at 44 bombs and 17 steals. There's no reason he couldn't meet that 50-20 threshold. Like you and said, you know he's what? done it before left, with a quote-unquote injured arm. I'm like, left you know. wanting more. Just to think that even if he hits for another couple of weeks before prospectively shutting it down and maybe reaching that 50-20 threshold, I would still be left wanting more. I'm Going think- into the season, like... Like, this is the dream scenario. Like, he is having an amazing year, and nobody else in that offense is supporting him. I think everybody's been, baseball fans have been left wanting more after Aaron Judge's last season. I think think a lot of us want to see somebody else get close to what he did. Cause, cause in the past, when in the in the Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, oh Barry Bonds, there was more than one person doing. There's also Griffey in there too. Yeah, and then '98 yeah. Chase Griffey was yeah. neck and neck with McGuire and Sosa up until like September first. The only one that doesn't, you know, that we don't talk about steroids with, which again, somebody. It's a sore subject. I was a big Ken Griffey Jr. fan as a kid, man. Yeah. Hey. I was I was obsessed. He was a great player. And he played for the Reds, so I got to watch him play as a kid a couple times. So. Well, he signed with the Reds in 2000s. So you weren't necessarily a kid, Jay. You were Fair in high enough. school. We're the same age. Maybe I saw him play in Cincinnati or something. I don't know. but But, yeah. Um, like his best years were in Seattle. Though, yeah, in Seattle when we were kids. Yeah, in the '90s. Right. I mean, I but had my little Seattle it. Mariners gear. Yeah. Of, you know, the prime of his career lined up with our age group perfectly. Oh yeah, because you got the Sandlot. Him. We're kids in the '90s and Rookie of the Year and all those baseball movies that came out. Him. Angels in the Outfield and Frank he was Thomas. like the face of. 
Yeah. I was big on Frank Thomas and uh, Bo Jackson. I had I had posters of those guys on my wall. The two way player. Got to watch Deion Sanders play in the outfield in oh, Cincinnati man. as a kid. Hey, you know who else had players. a lot of his followers in the nineties? Kenny Lofton. I mean, he was like the besides Ricky Henderson, obviously. Yeah, who was more eighties, I think, than nineties, but still, your high average. He was yeah. your prototypical leadoff hitter. Yeah. Oh, when the Cubs signed him for the 2003 season, I was so excited, even though he was past his prime at that point. Yeah, I think that George is looking fairly stout. Here. Fairly stout from top to bottom. Um, you know, yeah, there's so many ways that he could have gone before the trade deadline, but here we are. And, uh, okay, so let's look at the rotation. Let's look down here. And, and again, who did he not? Who who's still there? Kodai Singa, Sonny Gray, Singer, Aaron Nola, Kramer, Kikuchi. Oh, there you Aaron go, Nola, Kikuchi, Luis Have Severino. You seen what he's ranked. Yeah. Oh, he's doing great. And who is finally through a quality start for the first time <laughs> since July seventeenth? Luis Severino. Oh, he. Wonder if he had him start. in the lineup when. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, George has got a real shot right now. He's got one, he's got one, uh, excellent. Brady closer. Singer as well. Yeah, Brady Singer's Singer. had a good stretch, stretch here. Uh, who else? Who else is in this thing? Well, how side has Marcus Drummond's rotation spot? Um, yeah, he's got, and you know what? He's got Alexis Diaz has been a rock in the bullpen. Oh, you know, I will say actually Tim Meza, surprisingly, has probably been his best reliever. I'm always looking at those guys. I'm always looking at those guys from the Blue Jays when you're talking about adding to your bullpen. You know, they're just, they're not overpowering, but they just do their thing. They just execute. They just execute. I always remember something that Jake said in the past about, you know, like picking up and dropping different pitchers. And he just said one time, he was like, I'm looking for competence. Yes. I'm looking for competence. And that's what those guys bring. And they may have some bad stretches where it's like they're they're hittable, right? And uh, they depend on like... uh, you know, some of those guys are going to depend on their off-speed pitches being how um, they need them to be, and that that it doesn't always. If you can't throw your breaking ball for strikes, right, you're you're in trouble. You're not don't have an overpowering fastball, but let I want to. He's give, got competence in his lineup. He from does top to bottom, and I want to give Paleskins some credit for this because um, a lot of his. Players on the team he drafted. Um, he's yeah. one of those managers that he'll make some moves, but he doesn't make a lot of them. One movie did make him. We're not going to talk about why because we're not into getting into political stuff here on the show. Well, there's nothing political about it. I don't think Wander Franco is ever going to play in MLB again. But I don't think so. In the wake of point. what happened, so in the whole shock factor of all of that, what gets lost is this rookie that got called up. It was Levis Pasabe. He picked him up. And yeah. he's hitting 308 
with one home run, nine RBIs, and nine runs scored. And that's only been, what, two weeks? That's, Isn't that funny that he's he made other that guys move. in the Rays organization right now to be the guy right now? I mean, he didn't have Franco, so he jumped on that. Right, right. But I mean, like, within the in the, the actual Rays, like, this you is know, who's getting starts right now. I think it's kind of interesting. It, they say it on uh, the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast a lot. I know other places, but, hey, the Rays are going to Ray. That's, the Rays are going to Ray. The Rays that's are right, going to Ray. That's, what, they, right that's what they do uh, next minute. So. Um, what happened to Bruhan? Oh God! There's flush the bit. <laughs> what, what happened to that guy? Uh, he's probably hitting with a six something OPS in AAA right now. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe some That's a steals. Guess. Yeah, you got to get on base to steal. Everybody goes crazy for steals. I in my other league before I joined this league, it was a league that I played in years ago. I pissed off an owner because I threw the kitchen sink. To get Billy Hamilton in 2014, and I'm sure y'all can relate, guys. I promise I'm not a hillbilly. For whatever reason, I keep liking to say y'all. It is not the way I normally talk. It just came out that way, but I'm sure all of you can relate to the hype that surrounded Billy Hamilton when he came up. I mean, it was like. That was the time in the one-trick ponies. It was like, I would fill my rosters with Adam Dunn and Carlos Pena, and I would get, like, Billy Hamilton and D. Gordon. And then I'd just, those are all specialists, like low-average, high-home-run, or one-trick steals ponies. But then I would just try to get, like, stock hitters the rest of the way. And, I mean, that was the way to build your team. Billy Hamilton. It's funny in hindsight to... To think, because you're like, okay, if someone was going to develop him the way he probably should have been, he should probably shouldn't even been playing in the major leagues. He should have been learning how to hit somewhere, yes. right? But that's not what he he was immediately there oh and needing to be there to make a contribution. I mean, he wasn't even on a winning team, but you know, it's one of those things looking back where you're like, yeah, well, and not not just looking back, but towards the end of his career, like you're like. Or middle end, you're, like, thinking, yeah, like, you know, this is kind of a, you kind of feel like they mismanaged his career or something. You're, you yeah. Know, but, I, but was he ever really going to be a good hitter? Was he ever going to learn that change? Thing. You can, I, I you, think, not everybody can make changes to what they've done that's got them there. Not everybody try. can make adjustments People like try. That. I think big they adjustments. Were, I think when they were trying to make those adjustments, it was too late, in my opinion. Yeah, probably. I feel like he got rushed up because of his blazing speed. And, hey, I would have done the same damn thing as a GM. Hey, you get this guy The ability up. to play center field. You know, all they have to do is get on base every now and then. Right. You know, you get this and guy You can steal second, hey, third, yeah. and home. And you know what, Jay? He was one of the best center fielders of the last 20 years. Like, with his speed, he was great in center field. And it all he had to do was learn to hit two. I mean, we all said 250. I think if he would have just hit 230, you know, he would have been special. But, I mean, hey, the, the Phillies, 
our batting Kyle Schwarber with the sub-200 average at leadoff. Actually, this is probably approaching 200 now because he's been hitting much better the last couple of weeks. But you don't put a guy back in the day like that at leadoff, but the Village are doing it. So why? What, the, the Reds could have succeeded it's with true. Billy they're, Hamilton 10 years ago. They were kind of ahead of their time. It's just a different time period. And his development, I think it was his development in the upper minors got rushed. If you remember, he went from like A ball to like double or triple A, like way fast. All of a sudden it was like, who's, I remember thinking, ah. Uh, some guy picked him up as a prospect like the year before he got caught up. It's like, who's Billy Hamilton? And I'm like, oh, dude. Well, that's... And it was like, whoa. And then all of a sudden his prospect like uh, status just took off. And I think they rushed his development in double A and triple A. He should have been getting better hitting like... Well, that's the thing. that's the whole thing. It's like it's it, it's an interesting comparison between those two guys, you know, Schwarber and Billy Hamilton, because it's like, okay, is Kyle Schwarber flying out? Is he striking out? Is he making contact? If Billy Hamilton could have made more contact, I mean, is that all he really needed to do was make solid contact, <laughs> elevate the baseball? Like, that guy could have gotten hit more it out of the infield, infield singles than anybody, right. but yeah, he just couldn't even make contact. It's like all he had to do was get the shortstop running the other way. It's like, but yeah, I know. It's like, but anyways, you know, I feel like you you almost can stop there because looking at backcountry versus kicking dirt's record right now, backcountry is 141, 157, and 22 right now. Kicking dirt is 136, 161, and 23. So he's a few games back. Um, like, how many more games back is he from backcountry coming into this week? Coming into this week, he is 10 games back. So, you know. I mean, it's, it's not insurmountable. No, but especially because all these teams are playing each other. But, I mean, that's probably what you're looking at right now. It's just been it's so exciting. It's so good for the league. How there's been so much parity. Funny in would the that league. be if that owner trumps everybody and gets the eight seed? I mean, it's more I'll be often honest, than not. He's if I'm the one seed, I'm shit in my pants. If if he gets the eight I seed. Know. <laughs> I know. Try it out, hit him right now. Good luck. Mic drop. I think that that may have been the first time I cussed on the air of this podcast. I think that's a record. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, I try to keep it clean, but, you know, this is our playground. We got to play around a little bit. Maybe someday we'll be opened up to a more clean-cut show, but I don't know. I kind of like the raw. Maybe someday we'll get ourselves together. The rawness. Yeah, that's what this is right now. We're, you know... We haven't stuck to a format that much the last few ones. And we've been talking about the league more, and that's what we needed to do. Um, you know, I, I think we got to get some, we gotta get we're some gonna segments do, in. We're going to do here, some but, player deep dives in the offseason. Oh, absolutely. That will, uh, that will be some fun. We might talk about Bedal Burhan. Oh who knows? Gosh, who knows? There's, there's a player. I'm, think, not, I'm not saying we're going to, but... That would be the kind of player that when we're all back 
Is he going to get an opportunity somewhere drive. else besides the Rays to, to make it to, to stay in the major leagues? I'm not. With his skill set, that's not a player I'm going to be pursuing, I'll tell you that much. But it's definitely a, a player that somebody else might pursue. Just not going to be me. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he he's, uh, you would you would want him to be a, a shortstop or a second baseman, you know, like him being a third baseman is like, you know, he's, he's a I small I would guy, want him so to have 20 home run potential right, for exactly. me to think about doing a deep dive on, well, right. I mean, we can do a deep dive on him if you want, but I, to be interested in, but you're a prospectively for a draft, um... I think my biggest hit this past year in the draft was when I well, you picked for me, but I told you to take Zach Eflin in the seventh round. I mean, and, but that was kind of obvious because if you, the Rays do not spend money, he was like the second contract handed out last November, and all of a sudden the Rays are giving Zach Eflin five years, forty million. What they don't spend this kind of money? I believe those were the terms. And it was like they obviously, it was like, okay, so in a deep league like ours, you know, my flags are going up right now, like red flags, like what? What's going on? Because when the Rays sign somebody or trade for somebody 20 years ago, you're like, oh, they got screwed. Now you're like, okay, what are they seeing that we're not all seeing? Obviously, they saw something. And obviously, they told him. You know, especially with pitchers, because pitchers are volatile. Like, if you would see, if you have the right uh, management, the right coaching, the right development in your in your organization, you can take any pitcher and say, okay, this you're an established veteran pitcher. You may not have been very good those last couple of years, but we've got data that says if you throw your cutter twenty percent and you take your slider usage down 10% and you throw your four-seamer glove side this much more, you're going to, we project you to be this much more successful and that's why we're paying you money. Back in the day, they would never hand out contract by that kind of stuff. Now, with all the statistical data that teams have at their fingertips, they can do stuff like that. I think and that's why the Rays are successful. He had it's kind of like Moneyball. Too, Those right? guys sitting back in back in the day, Moneyball. They're sitting on the long table. They're like, no, we're not going off the guy. No, we're not going off the guy. What was the guy that chased the, the the guy that couldn't throw that had a bad shoulder that played first oh, base? Gosh. But they were like, um, but yeah, but yeah. he gets on base like crazy, right? Yeah, because he takes so many walks, and they're right. like. He's, he, this is what he's going to do. And then uh, they went after, uh, was it David Justice? That yeah, they, yeah. Okay, Justice. they're like, and my favorite quote in that Scott movie was Hatterberg. like, we're not, yeah, Scott Hatterberg, yeah. thank you. <laughs> they're like, we're not going after you for what you were. No, no, no. The Yankees paid you so much for to come here. This is what we want you to do. That's it. And like, that's what the beautiful part of real life baseball right now and it's leaking in well one could argue that the fantasy game's leaking into real life baseball to an extent too. But sorry, I know it went off on a tangent there. No, I mean that, that was play, for me that was one of the biggest stories of the off season was <clears throat> all the uh 
pitching contracts like you know Jameson Tyon making seventeen eighteen million dollars a that year. Contract, okay, he's not been horrible, but he is he is not. Um, For he's me, got work to do to own up to. Sure, but I wasn't faulting any of these organizations for any of those contracts. I felt like this is just this is the age we're in right now. Um, it was just so important for some of these teams to get some depth of, of starting pitching. And again, I go back to the word competence. I mean, and he's um, he has a pedigree, obviously that, um, and he's had success in the past. So you would think. Um, I mean, it's like, I know from what I've seen that, like, I always had questions about him from, from his time, like where he got healthy again after his health issues. Like when I watched him, I was like, oh man, I just see this 94 mile an hour fastball that doesn't have very much movement. So I wasn't real keen on that contract necessarily but i just understood that like this is what you have to pay right now to get a guy who can pitch 150 175 innings for you basically of of decent quality that's just how that was the off season for me that's a big part of it all right jay i think we have a color out here so uh Let's put ourselves out there because we're such dicks and we're kind of doing this and the people can just come back at us later. But my prediction to win the eighth seed and make the playoffs in this league this year is, drumroll, funked up. It's hard to argue with. I gotta I gotta look at something real quick, okay? I gotta I gotta reference something here, and that's you know, that's me to a T. It's okay. But let's look at where we are right now. Let's look at I'm I'm gonna look at next week's matchups one more time. So while you do this, a little, little uh, intro to our all season deep dive here. I think we're gonna do a deep dive on Marco Gonzalez because I think he's a free agent. I'd be interested to see which team picks him up. How cool. Marco Gonzalez and Ryan Yarbrough are very similar players, I feel like, and they're very useful in their own way. And so those are the kinds of players when I'm picking late in the draft like that, I'm like, okay, is there a potential that this guy could help me tread water while I get a couple of months into the league before I realize who the guys to truly pick up are? Yeah, I've looked at Yarbrough so many times. I mean, we all... Those of us who are constantly I'd looking to them up add and drop this, them yeah. a couple of times. Yes. But, I mean, over the years, too, I'm saying. Just so so many times. And, like, this year what I noticed was, like, looking at the recent past, like, um, you know, the strikeouts just aren't there. And you're, like, just trying to figure out what is his arsenal? How is he getting guys out? Um, but uh, they have a very thin line. They walk, but they're very good at what they do. Right. But anyways, is he a curveball pitcher? Does he throw his curveball a lot? He throws off speed a lot more. He throws yeah, more cutters, yeah. and okay. he throws um, more. He throws a lot of changeups too, I believe. Because that's no, been a big his fastball tops out at like eighty nine, ninety. That's been a big like, story for me this year. Is like I've wanted to look into like. I wanted to watch some of Adam Wainwright's starts and see what's going on. Like, is that is that curveball just so hittable? 
think he it's did just, just done. He, he just stayed done. too long. Yeah, he just stayed too Should've long. Hung it up with Yachty and and Pujols last year. He really got it in the Pujols this year. I dare you're dancing. Yeah, okay, see your prediction next year or next year, next week. You got backcountry and kicking dirt facing off. I don't think that's good for either one of those teams. Um. I mean, I want to I want to tout myself and say it's not good for Chad that he's playing me next week. I mean, honestly, it could go either way. Uh, you know, like I don't, I'm not invincible right now by any stretch, um, even on offense. So there, there's, uh, I gotta agree with you. I gotta say, Funked Up's gonna slide in there. Not slide in there. He's in there right now. He's currently holding the eight spot in the live standings. Am I right? Yeah, uh, he is in your live standing. He's also in the actual. He is right now in real time. He is. It looks like he's five games, four and a half games up on the isotopes. Yeah, but that's assuming he holds his monstrous sure. lead over sure. Jay. Yeah, but you know, even if it goes both ways, then he's neck and neck with those guys, and he plays what shirtless next week. No, he plays Hitman. Oh, I'm sorry, Hitman. Hitman. So where are you getting this live? Okay, we'll talk about this off air. Anyways, we got it right there today, I mean, guys. you're usually the one showing me everything, I but know, it's I the know. stat like, tracker. It's the stat tracker. Right, we'll talk about this off air, Jay. Jason. Yeah, okay, this is why. That's Is it available on your phone? Uh, it is. You have to go to the browser. You have to go to the website. That's why. It's not on the I app. I don't use that on yeah, the no, app. Yeah, it's not on the app. Okay. All right. Well, anyways. Uh, hey. You're going to be I, looking at these like, live standings next it's week. It's just like nursing. The day I walk into a job and think I know everything about it, the day I don't belong there. So the same goes with fantasy baseball. The day I think I know everything about fantasy baseball, the day I don't belong playing that game. And that will be never, because I have a thirst for knowledge. And nurses, uh, nurses we, are information specialists. Nur- nurses are information workers and knowledge workers, for sure. And I think it's the same thing with base, uh, fancy baseball. The day your learning stops is the day you're done. Yeah, you absolutely. Well, not being relevant. Yep. I think we're gonna wrap there, guys. This is Jason. This is Jay. Fans of baseball. Advocates leaving the house. We'll see you next week, guys. Be well.